get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. With former Blue Superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers Hi. and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Rivs and BK on 101 ESPN. Going out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, happy to be joined by Rick Westhead. He's a correspondent with the Sports Network, but also the reason why we're having him on today, he's the author of the book Finding Murph, how Joe Murphy went from winning a championship to living homeless in the bush. Rick, always appreciate the time, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. I, I really appreciate the chance to talk about this. I, I, I think it's an important book. It's more than a t typical hockey book where we, you know, talk about a guy's rise to the National Hockey League, their careers, and then, you know, what happens to them in their post-career life. This is uh, kind of a book that has a couple different themes running through it. I know Jamie's read it, but uh, it's the story of Joe Murphy, like you said, his, the good times and the, the more difficult and desperate times. But it also is a chance to, to look at the NHL's responsibility here and try to do a, a bit of a job anyways of holding the NHL account, accountable. Now, Rick, just to give our listeners a little background here, uh, Joe Murphy, a St. Louis Blue at one time, was a huge signing by Mike Keenan, came in and played excellent for St. Louis Blues and then ran into some problems health-wise as the years went on following that. And I know you detail this, just that he had a lot of uh, concussion problems and post-concussion problems. Is that tr what you feel led ultimately led Murph down this path to where he is right now? Well, it definitely didn't help. You know, the uh, I, I think the repeated concussions and you know brain trauma, but his uh, and other players as well, the habit of just getting back on the ice before you're fully healed. It's one of the great paradoxes of of, of hockey. You know, one of the things I discovered doing this research was, you know, back in the 1950s, for instance, in New York State, you could have uh, a title match, a boxing match at Madison Square Garden on a Friday night. And if one of the fighters in that, that was knocked out, knocked unconscious, they were shelved for a month. No sparring, no training of any kind to give their brain time to heal. This is the 1950s. The very next night, a hockey game at Madison Square Garden, and if an NHL player was knocked unconscious, either through a fight or slamming their chin or head on the ice or getting a puck in the face, whatever, a trainer could run out on the ice using smelling salts, wake them up, and send them back, back out to finish the very shift they were injured on. How does that make any sense? How is that logical? So I guess the next follow-up question there, Rick, would be what's being done to improve this, if anything, in the NHL? I mean, that was the 1950s. 
are we still going down this same path right now? No, I think that there's far more scrutiny on the NHL right now to do better. But there's still issues. There's still ways that the league could do better. You know, we, we talk often about the concussion spotter program, right, in the, in the NHL. You guys tell me, who are the concussion spotters in St. Louis? I have no idea, Rick. <laughs> How can that be? How can it be in 2020 that you can pick up an NHL media guide and know who everyone is who works for every team in the league? Scouts, pro and amateur, sports psychologists, therapists, you name it. But the people who have such, such an important job of deciding whether players should be allowed to continue after you know they get up in the waning moments of a Stanley Cup game, say, holding their head or, or dizzy and, and having a hard time with their balance, this, this whole program is cloaked in secrecy. Why, why isn't the NHL open about that? You know, when, when we see the Dallas Stars a couple days ago release the list of player injuries during the playoffs, Tyler Sagan, a torn labrum in his hip, other players with, you know, shot up with painkillers, one so bad that he couldn't put his skate on properly. You know, where, where is the accountability, accountability there? We should be able to ask NHL team, medical teams, what are you telling your players about the risks that they're taking? Ultimately, these guys and their families are going to be accountable, right? They're, if there's a price to pay, the wives of players are going to be the ones who pay it down the road as these players struggle with memory issues and with other health issues. So there's accountability on that end. But I, I would just love to see, you know, where we can get better is being forcing teams in the league to be more transparent about whether they're giving players the right information, not in the moment, like in, you know, when a player's on the bench uh, during a game when the adrenaline's pumping and things are so crazy, but in those moments, even in the preseason, walking them through, giving them the advice, the same sort of advice that players get about things like social media and drunk driving. Yeah, Rick, listen, Joe Murphy in this book, he checks all the boxes, right? And you and I, you certainly know the story. You're telling the story now, which is fantastic because I do feel that Murph needed a voice of some kind here for him. And going back to when you started this journey, and you and I talked about it a long time ago, but what were some of the challenges that you had? Because, again, Murph had post-concussion syndrome. He had health issues. He had substance abuse issues. And let's be honest, he was living out underneath a gas station sign in the middle of a city in northern Ontario. You're right. Uh, I had to do a lot of, I mean, it took a lot of reporting, uh, talking to, to players, you know, trying to verify things that Joe shared with me. Um, and, and just, it, I'm not... I'm not trained in, in, you know, how to talk to somebody uh, who is suffering with substance abuse, pro, you know, issues. So that when Joe would ask me, well, what do I do now? What can I say? I'm a reporter. You know, I offered a, an ear. I was open and honest about what my intentions were to help him document his story. He was insistent time and again that he wanted to do this because it made him feel relevant for the first time in so many years. And again, I just thought this was so important. One of the things I found when I was doing this reporting is that Joe's not alone. We hear all the time about NHL greats and you know some of the, the, the figures through the, the history of this game, which is, which is terrific. We don't hear as much about the players like Joe Murphy. We don't hear about Derek Sanderson being homeless in Central Park in New York, being given advice by other homeless people 
about how to use uh, newspapers to have a better sleep out in the open. We don't hear about guys like Grant Warwick. I have no idea who that is. Grant Warwick, in 1941, won the NHL Rookie of the Year with the New York Rangers. In 1966, he was jailed in Vancouver for five days because he didn't have enough money to pay his $2 bill at a New Westminster cafe. You know, other players have had struggles. We've had players like Larry Mickey, another guy who I'd never heard of before, who died by suicide in 1982 at the age of 38 because he had struggled so much with the transition away from life as a pro hockey player. And and these stories are uncomfortable, no doubt, but they're important. And, you know, I remember it, it brings to mind as well Gary Bettman testifying in Canada in 2019. And he talked to, to Canadian parliamentarians about how he views the NHL as a family. And this is, make no mistake, this is a $5 billion business in good times. But if you're going to say things like we're a family, then don't, as a league, don't you owe it to both active players, future players, even ribs, former players like you. Doesn't the league owe it to everyone to do better and to try to find ways to do better for all of these players moving forward? Yeah, Rick, I'll tell you what. I, I really appreciate you know you tackling these tough issues because, yeah, they're out there. And I know it doesn't make you very popular with the NHL at times, and I'm sure that uh, you've had the bit of the cold shoulder in recent years, but they are great things that have to be brought out. And I'm really happy that you've written this book about Joe Murphy because there is a great story to be told there. And Murph was a heck of a teammate here in St. Louis, and I love the guy. And it really sucks to hear about his struggles, but I feel like this book is going to you know, shed some light on it and, again, make him relevant. And to our listeners here in St. Louis who remember Joe Murphy's a St. Louis Blue, where can they go to purchase this book? Where, online, website, where, where would they go? I think that this would be available in the U.S. at, at most places where you'd go to buy your books, um, also on Amazon online. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there, there's no shortage. If you just Google the book, I'm sure you can find a local bookseller who will cover it. Uh, again, I think it is really important. And, you know, Rivs, you say uh, this maybe has not made me popular with the NHL. 100%. 100%. And you know what? I accept that. I didn't get into this to be beloved by the NHL. That's not my job. My job is to give a voice to people who feel like they've been abandoned and they don't have one. If I can just share one real quick story. I remember talking to Dan Lacatour and Bridie. Uh, Ribs, I'm sure you remember Dan. He played yeah, very New well. Englander, played with the Boston Bruins, the New York Rangers. One night, uh, playing for the Rangers, he gets in a fight with Robin Regeer, slams his head on the ice, and he's unconscious. And when he finally comes to, the trainer for the Rangers stitches him up, and what do they do next? Does he go to the hospital for a CAT scan? Does he see a neurologist? Does he see a neuropsychologist? None of those. His wife, Bridie, is handed a bottle of pills, and he's sent home with her, and, and she's told, well, just make sure you keep an eye on him. As if Bridie Lacatour or any other wife is in a position to be able to take that on, you know? Um, and so I think when people like Bridie say to me, thank you for bringing light to this, I don't want to see other wives have to go through what I've gone through. Bridie and Dan are now uh, divorced because... The repeated brain trauma uh, led to some unfortunate outcomes in his life. But if I can make even a small difference to try to encourage the NHL to do better for, you know, all of the different alumni out there and their families, 
then I'm fine taking the cold shoulder from the NHL. If you if you Google finding Murph Burke the uh, book rather the first search item that is there is the Amazon listing for it. You can get the audio book there, the Kindle there. Also, if you go down a few from there, you can find the actual hardback uh, co- or hardcover copy as well. Uh, all of that just if you Google again finding Murph book. He is Rick Westhead, the author of Finding Murph, also a correspondent for the Sports Network. Rick, always appreciate the time, and thanks so much for hopping on with us today and sharing what is obviously a really important story, both in the NHL and sports as a whole. Thanks so much for the time today. Yeah, you bet, and I appreciate you guys for taking a couple minutes to talk about this. Thanks.